Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Blade Podcast. I'm here with Chris Durden, and this is Mr. Chad Henry. How are you doing today? Doing good. I hope you guys are. Thank you. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, born and raised in Emanuel County. Uh, grew up in Twin City. Went to ECI. Um, had a couple. I, I, have, I actually went to tech school in Nashville, Tennessee, right out of high school. Came back, uh, had several jobs for a year or two each, you know, getting a better job each time, and ultimately found myself employed by Coca-Cola. And um, grew up on a dairy farm, so, um, you know, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades doing right. that. So picked up a little bit of, of welding ability there. And uh, after the after I got on with Coke, I stayed with them for uh, 25 years, actually, just a couple of months shy of 25 years. Mm-hmm. And because of uh, a little side project that I had um, mm-hmm. for, I don't know, 15 or so years of those last 25 with Coke, it had turned into something more. And I felt like it was something that I could do for a living and enjoy it more than the job I'd had for 25 years and gave it a leap. So here I am. And so you found a passion for making fire pits, right? Well, yeah, um, kind of kind of stumbled into it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um I built the shop in uh, 2014, I'm sorry, 2004, um, to build security cages for Coke machines. Mm. Um, In high schools, this was a great market for vending machines. Um, But the downside was due to after hours, weekends, being unattended, uh, high high, uh, likelihood of getting vandalized. So... um, I built one, and uh, it did exactly what we wanted it to do. It, it kept vandals out and allowed that machine to sell lots of drinks. So um, word spread that we were having that success with that one and, and to other Coke sales centers, and I wound up, um, gosh, I was building the cages, delivering them, and I mean by the trailer load, you know, because high schools would have multiple vendors. Right. And so... Uh, we would build them, deliver them, and install and set them up. And at one point, I had cages from, security cages from almost at the Florida line up into Bluffton, South Carolina. I was doing really wow. well with it. Yeah. But then uh, the Clinton Foundation got involved in getting sugary soft drinks removed from schools. Mm-hmm. And that kind of took that market away from me because even though the beverage companies could still sell soft drinks. It's not what the kids wanted yeah, no to the extent. All the yeah, so they would things, pick up stuff on the way to school rather than buying it from the school. And it just kind of, it flipped it into a situation that it wasn't financially feasible for the, the schools to pay for the, the cages. But yeah. um, just did around with the shop. You know, it was kind of a just a tinker shop for a while. And um, built a, a fire pit for my mom. She just wanted a way to burn limbs and stuff from mm-hmm. the yard. And built one for her, and folks would see it and compliment it. You know, I was like, well, maybe I could build more and maybe sell one here and there, and kind of did that. And uh, for a good number of years, that was it. And then a friend of mine suggested that uh, he was selling these corn bag toss boards, mm-hmm. and uh, he was reselling them to a or selling them to a, um, a store down next to Oak Park for resale. And he said that he knew that they would do well with my fire pits. So I carried one down to the guy, and um, he he bit, he liked it, and started selling them there as well as their sister store in Rinkin. And um, 
still didn't see the potential. It was just kind of a thing, you know, every now and then I'll sell one a little extra money here and there and then kind of rocking on like that for a good number of years. And then another buddy said, you need more dealers. He said, build up a trailer load and let's hit the road one Saturday and get you some more dealers set up. So I guess that must have been in 2016 or so. And we did. And we came home that that Saturday after being on the road, setting mm-hmm. up dealers with six new ones from up in Evans, Georgia, down to Perry, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I uh, still have those today, and they do really well. Still didn't see the potential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, a co-worker at a Coke told me that I needed a Facebook page. I said, well, here's my logon credentials. You know, do your thing. Yeah. So she did. And uh, I would put posts up. Um, and it would offer to, you know, when it's set up as a business page, when yeah. you make a post, it offers to boot, you know, an opportunity to, to boost, boost the post. You, know, you pay to, to, you know, get it, get it out. And I wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. And then finally, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try it, just see what it does. Yeah. And it was, it, the power of Facebook is amazing. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it just, the orders started coming in, and um, still didn't really see the potential. And... <laughs> At the end of, or at the beginning of 2020, I did, uh, I'm sorry, 21. At the beginning of 2021, I, last year, I did my, my numbers right after yeah. the first of the year. You know, the calendar closed so I could kind of see what I had done. Kind of saw my number. I was like, well, maybe this is something. You know, that, that yeah. Finally, I realized that, you know, it may have potential. And so that was like the first few days of January that I did that in uh, April. My wife and I, we, we've got a travel trailer, and so we were down in at St. George Islands, uh, Island, Florida, on a birthday trip for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, but right before we left, I I boosted a post and I checked that we ship. Yeah. And that changed everything. Yeah. It was amazing, and so that that started uh, that really started the ball rolling towards me retiring and, and doing this full time mm-hmm. when I saw I really saw the potential at that point and so I've done two or three of those posts where I boost them and check that, that we ship and as a result have sold an amazing amount of product right. in probably I don't know half probably half of the states maybe maybe half really? a third to a half of the states that's you know pretty good in yeah. about six months time now that's really good actually yeah. yeah so I mean we've shipped as far as uh, Oregon and Washington State and California you know up in the northeast uh, uh, Wisconsin Massachusetts Connecticut and, and all points in between so um, honestly there's just not enough hours in the day I wish yeah. I wish you know that there were there was more time mm-hmm. you know kind of at a, at a sticky point where the potential is there if I had a full-time employee or two probably you know to yeah. to really do more but I'm I'm I want to get a little more comfortable with going out on that limb and, and bringing somebody in because you know it's, it's not just me that I'm I'm playing with there it's, it's their lives too you know if I yeah. bring somebody in and then turns out that it doesn't work you know then I've kind of you know gotten them in a, in a bad spot so but I think it's it's going to be hopefully soon that I can bring somebody else in yeah. and really ramp up production that would be really cool how do you make like what's the process of making one of these fire pits um it depends we most of what we're building now are made from brand new bowls that we buy from a manufacturer mm-hmm. and um those are made two different ways one way is they put them on they put up like a piece of flat plate steel on a machine that spins it like an airplane propeller 
and then they have a tool that they they put pressure on what will ultimately be the underside of the fire pit, right. which as it's spinning, it, it makes it, you know, they have several passes a, a little bit at a time, but ultimately it makes the bowl shape. Uh, the other way is, is they have a big, huge press that presses it into that shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're doing most of now. Uh, but we do still, in, at times, you know, the supply chain is so upside down right now, it's hard yeah. to get anything in mm-hmm. any kind of timely manner. So we do still fall back on decommissioned propane tanks. That is essentially the same thing. We cut the end off and um, we set the bowl up right. We've got it set up so that it's at the right height. We level it to make sure it's, you know, if it's going to be on a patio or something that's nice and pretty and level. And then we attach the legs and, and handles. And then one last step is we'll flip them upside down and punch holes in the bottom for water to drain, water to drain out, yeah. and air to draw up so it burns efficiently. Okay. And so I'm assuming these things are pretty heavy. Yeah, they range in, in weight from probably 75 pounds is the smallest one we do. Uh, all the way up to a big 41-inch diameter. It's got full quarter-inch thick walls, and yeah. so it weighs about 210 pounds. Now, how so. how does that work with shipping? Like, have you had, have you ever had any problems with shipping? Uh, shipping, I can ship anywhere in the southeast for about $99. Um, so that is shipped to a business address. That's mm-hmm. not residential shipping. Residential shipping, it, you know, it, it tax on a little extra. But yeah. most everybody knows where they can, you know, they've got somebody that has a business they can ship to. Yeah. Um, but when you get beyond the southeast, it, it can get kind of pricey to ship. Um, yeah. There was a uh, customer that reached out to us. Uh, they weren't in Napa Valley, but they were in that area in California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just shipping on it was 800 that's, that's more than the actual fire pit that was more than the fire pit now for some wow. people for a lot of people for most people to be fair that's cost prohibitive and you know it just doesn't work but that, that, that's an exception too the $800 is that that's like crazy high and uh, I reached out to my shipping company rep just to see if he could get me any help on it and he said the issue was is they were two hours from the closest shipping terminal in any direction so um, in most cases, that's not the case. I ship with RNL carriers, fantastic customer service, and really very good rates um, compared yeah. to everybody else. What they do when it gets that far out is they partner with other carriers because they can't have a hub or terminal in every city, you know, especially when you get that far out. So they yeah. partner with others, and um, it may ship out through RNL carriers, but the customer may see shipper XYZ, you know, when it gets to them. But um, Really, it's the eight hundred dollars again is, is the exception. It's usually two or three hundred dollars in most cases to go most anywhere. So, like yeah. Connecticut, I think it was like two hundred forty-five dollars to go all the way to Connecticut. So, yeah. And that eight hundred was that your most like that was the highest shipping wow, rate okay. that I've been quoted so far. And it was just again they said it was because it was so remote. So that's that's not the norm. All right. Two hundred two hundred fifty dollars is still a lot to me. But to a lot of folks, man, they don't bat an eye at it. So, yeah. I mean, hey, if, if, if they're buying it from you, I mean, hey. It yeah, and that's, matter. you know, that's what I do. I just, I'll pay the, I pay the carrier, but mm-hmm. then I bill the customer for it. So, ultimately, the customer's paying the shipping. Right. That makes sense. Do you have any um, goals for the future for your business or any ambitions or projects you're working on? Yeah, to grow. You know, obviously, I want, I'll, you always want to do more. Oh, yeah. So, you know, doing things like this, you know, I hope will help me grow. Definitely. Um, I think ultimately, um, you know, I, I 
as anybody does that's in business, they, they try to keep up with their competition and see mm-hmm. what they're doing and if they're doing something better that, you know, you can improve on. So there's other people that do what I do and somehow they're able to, to ship for $99, you know, um, nationwide. Yeah. I don't know how they do that other than maybe they do some kind of average um, and, you know, customers closer are probably paying more than it yeah. would actually cost them and customers further away are getting a deal on shipping. And I don't, I really don't think that's fair to anybody, you know. Um, no. Not saying that that's a bad way to do mm-hmm. it. I would just rather my customer pay exactly what it costs to get it to them, not right. some kind of average or something, you know. So I want to, I, I really want to get my, um, my shipping uh, more streamlined. Um, I am working on, um, I'd like to do Etsy. But yeah. there's other platforms out there that are basically the same as Etsy, mm-hmm. um, like the Mike Lindell guy that does the My Pillow. Yeah, he's got a My Store website. Okay, and it's essentially an Etsy style platform. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm in the process of getting on there. Um, you apply initially, and my application has been accepted. Then yeah. the next step is to send samples. And so that's, I've got to send them a couple of pits. They, they say two of everything and you don't get it back. So yeah. that's kind of kind of tough to swallow. Shipping yeah. that kind of, that's, that's going to be a big ticket, you know, to, right. including the shipping. And I think it's up in the Northeast. So it's probably going to be, you know, three, four hundred bucks yeah. just for shipping. But, you know, it's an investment. If I get on there, you know, mm-hmm. there's no telling what the potential is because, you know, everything he does seems to turn to gold. You know, he started out with that's the pillars true. and now he's got all this other stuff. So... Hopefully this will be good for us. But um, there's another one that I'm, I'm working on getting on. And again, with with all of it, shipping is the, the catching point. You know, mm-hmm. you want to be able to, to have a, if possible, a set dollar value to ship it wherever. You know, however you go about that. Yeah, so, it's definitely more appealing. Yeah, yeah. And it, it it really would streamline the sales process too because I've got you know again I ship RNL carriers. And I've got an RNL Carriers app on my phone. Yeah. And when I do one of those Facebook ads, you know, and boost it, and it, mm-hmm. it really rockets out, and, and so many people see it, I spend a tremendous amount of time on that RNL Carriers app getting people shipping quotes, you know. Yeah. So if I could have a, you know, a set amount, you know, across the board, it would it would help in so many ways. All right. So since you have a, uh, have a Facebook page and you want to grow and you're going to do this uh, my store mm-hmm. thing. Um, have you ever considered making a TikTok page? I actually have one, but haven't really been active on it. So that I, okay. I do need to work on that because that's powerful too. Yes, that is. Uh, I've seen so many people grow off of a TikTok. Like just one post, just somehow gets an algorithm and it blows up. Yeah, it's insane what that platform yeah. can do. A lot of people talk uh, crap about it. They don't understand it. They don't get it. They think it's dumb. Um, but definitely every new business or current business and nowadays that's the platform to use that and facebook can make and maybe even instagram a little bit not as much they added a shop feature Mm -hmm. i think in the past year that's been pretty good but definitely tiktok you can make a funny little video with your fire pit in it you could you don't even have to be talking about the fire. you could literally just be sitting in the fire pit acting stupid or something And people were going to notice it, yeah. and people are going to buy it. Yeah, it's crazy how it works. Yeah, especially if you have uh, like a special design on it, which is going to transition to the next question. Do you ever have any special orders that you have to do? Yeah, um, 
really the the things that people like most about our fire pits weren't even our idea it was actually customer ideas uh, for example uh, the first really really big ones we did did an ad on Facebook and uh, a customer from Nebraska City Nebraska reached out and said he loved the big you know the, the gigantic bowl but at that point we were using small like two inch material legs and he said it just looked off balanced you know the bowl was you know masculine and massive and you know, everything good but the, it just looked it needed need bigger legs yeah so it took us some time to perfect the height from the ground you know from the bottom of the pit and the angle of the legs and everything else but um because of that we upgraded the size of our legs on on all size pits and it's really really helped i mean we get complimented all the time mm -hmm. on our on, you know on our legs yeah <laughs> yeah uh the other thing is like um i had a customer from washington state want um we call it the medieval pit as it turns out we, we sell a good many of them and basically what it is is we take uh banding flat metal strapping banding whatever you want to call it and we do vertical pieces as well as one piece of round rim and then we put a, a rivet every a big round head rivet every yeah. six inches in that banding and then um we partner with a guy from jefferson county who is a, uh, a blacksmith and does amazing work mm. and he hand forges um big round handles for us um that just look awesome and yeah. um so you know that that one guy made that request and then you know i kind of after doing it and seeing how well it turned out felt like it was something we could sell promote it and other people like it and you know and buy too so i'd like to claim that they're my ideas but in most cases in reality they, they're not they're, they're our customers ideas so you yeah. always listen to your customer right right yeah. how long does it usually take you to make one of these uh pits um you know there's so many um I guess intangible uh, time consumers in doing anything, but with these in particular, um, it, it's kind of hard to say because of that. So you know, and, and it depends too on if we're making them from brand new bowls or if we're using repurposed propane tanks. You know, if we so it takes a lot of time to get that tank prepped so you can cut the end off. Mm -hmm. Then it takes a lot of time to cut the end off. And so um, it's really a, that, that that answer is a moving a moving answer, you know. So um, I really and and I, I know that's really as a, a business person, I should I should have a dead on answer for that question, but because there's so many moving parts to it, you know, it's it's hard to say. But and like when we're building them from from tanks, um, you know, we try to have as much as a, of a production type set up as possible where we cut we do you know everything to all the tanks you know if i'm you know obviously you get two fire pits from each tank you know it's got two ends so if um you know if i'm if i need 20 fire pits then i need 10 tanks prep right so we try to do everything to all 10 tanks in steps you know do everything like um we, we cut the ends off by rolling them on our floor in the shop yeah uh, we've got guides that make a you know as near perfect straight line as possible. So to roll it, you have to cut the feet off the tank, you know that it sat on as a propane tank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll do that to all ten. 
and then the bums where they you know the uh, gauge is is installed when right. it's a propane tank and the um, the fuel valve and all that stuff for it to roll on the concrete we need to cut those out so then we'll cut all those out um, so there's a lot of time that goes into to, to building fire pits from those whereas with the brand new ones it's pretty dang quick we'll have all our leg material cut for however many we're going to do mm-hmm. all of our handle material ready to go all staged you know where we, we weld them and so uh, one guy will we have two stations and we'll have one guy who is keeping one ready to go mm-hmm. for the welder who's you know one step behind him and then when the welder gets one finished that guy then pulls it off that station grinds the uh, rough spots off the handles where the chops all cut it and um, and off the legs and then he'll flip it upside down and then put the like i said earlier the air holes yeah. air slash drain holes in it so doing it like that from the brand new bowls is rapid fire mm-hmm. i mean that that guy um that guy that's doing the setup and takedown and always he, he's hard for him to keep up with the welder so yeah we can really roll through them like that so do you have anything that you would like to say to the locals or your customers um well, obviously, thank you to all all our customers. Um, something I did, not just speaking local, I did forget to mention, we've got about 38, maybe 40 dealers, um, mostly in Georgia, uh, from northern parts of Atlanta down to Perry. Um, and we've got four, I believe it is, in Alabama, one in Florida. And we, we want to grow that, too, because... Um, when you get in the right stores, they have a lot of traffic and move a lot of product. Um, yeah. And it's nice to, to sell a trailer load at a time you know, as opposed to just one. So, But no, thank you to all our customers. Uh, we couldn't, you know, certainly couldn't do it without them. Um, and uh, appreciate the community support. Uh, you know, so many people on Facebook, you know, make positive comments on our posts, share our posts. Um, so we've been blessed with a great, great uh, local support network, and we, we, we definitely appreciate that too. So, Well, thank you so much for being here. We greatly appreciate it, and we hope you have so much success in your future with your business. Thank you guys for watching, and as always, have a great day.